Good morning, everyone. This is Amy with the Sage and Stitch podcast. Today is January the 6th. It's Monday and it's 8.29 a.m. Today we're going to be talking about goal setting. It's appropriate, right, for the first of the year. Everybody about this time of year uh, thinks about setting goals, and I think it's a good habit to get into. set goals it helps us to stay focused throughout the year Um, there's many many people that earn a living teaching people how to set goals and life coaches especially I studied to become a life coach years ago and that was the number one thing we learned to help our clients is to set goals so I do encourage goal setting I years ago bought uh, David Allen's a book. It is called Getting It Done. We may visit that from time to time, but today I am discussing an article written by, grab her name right quick. Her name is Elaine Houston. She has a Bachelor of Science, and this is over at positivepsychology.com. I'll leave a link uh, below the podcast so that you can read the entire article. I'm just going to kind of skim over some of the the information there, but a goal is just something that we want to accomplish. So we write it down and we revisit it. Um, And I'm sure you've heard of SMART goals. Um, They're specific, they're measurable, achievable, um, and we do reflect back on it. And I forget what the T stands for. But some of the things that she mentions in her article about uh, goal setting is that, one, goals help us to achieve a commitment. So if we, you know how a lot of people will set a goal to lose so many pounds, eat better, and sometimes they lose sight of that goal. And one of the reasons is, is because sometimes we set goals that, a little bit too hard to achieve. They're not they're not realistic. <clears throat> I'm not saying that losing weight is not realistic. We can uh, set goals to lose weight. You want to make your goals achievable because a lot of times if we try to reach goals that are too hard for us to achieve, we'll get discouraged and we'll decide we're not going to do it. So commitment is where we tell ourselves, okay, we're going to do this no matter what. We're going to achieve this goal, right? Um, Commitment has uh, been shown to increase employee motivation and organizational commitment. Years ago, companies learned that in order to get their employees motivated to get that product out the door, and I've worked for sewing factories, so I totally get this, and it's true, Um, and I've worked for Walmart years and years ago. Uh, One, uh, used to, uh, early in the morning, if my shift began in the morning, we would all huddle together before the store opened. Yes, our Walmart actually closed at night. (laughs) But we would all huddle together in the back near electronics in the morning, 
the manager would go over the goals that needed to get done, and then at the end, everybody would clap. Yay! Well, there was also incentives for those of us that really strive to accomplish those goals. But it's true. So whenever a company sets goals and they and they they treat their employees as part of their team and there's benefits in getting those goals accomplished, then it definitely increases employee motivation. And of course, the leaders are going to be more committed to coming across with those benefits once the employees reach those goals. But also uh, being committed to your goals and succeeding, uh, working through those goals, it helps raise our self-efficacy and our self-confidence. Self-efficacy is pretty much like, let's say you start a dance program and when you first watch the people that have been there for a while doing the dance, you're just like, there's no way I can do that. It just looks too complicated. But once you commit yourself to achieving that goal of dance and you each week achieve one step, that raises your self-efficacy to the point where you're dancing like they are. And so you have a lot more confidence. It also helps us to have a perceived control over uh, the goal outcomes when we set down our goals and commit to them. We have this uh, perception that, you know what, now that I'm looking at it and I'm breaking it down to where it's achievable, it's realistic, it's reasonable, I feel like I can achieve this and once we reflect on that goal, we visit it, see how where we're at and how far we have to go, it just helps us to have a little bit more control and we feel that control and it also gives us a perceived control over our future. The other things <clears throat> that goal, setting goals helps us is clarity, um, challenging task complexity, feedback. Some of the interesting facts, we'll go over those steps too uh, in the upcoming weeks, um, but my main thing is the commitment. This Today I want to talk about the commitment. Because a lot of times we set goals and we forget about them. Like, oh yeah, I was going to get that done. Well, there's actually a process in setting goals. I was watching FlossTube last night while I was stitching, and I noticed a lot of people are uh, doing FlossTube videos on their goals for 2020. They're counting up all their existing whips and setting out plans to get those accomplished this year. Um, so I'm encouraging my listeners, if you cross-stitch, um, then I'm encouraging to get on the bandwagon with some of these people that are, some of these floss tubers that have set goals to accomplish their setting sales, they're getting people together to join in with their goals. Um, and it's great because you have some accountability there, and um, I encourage you to join um, an interesting fact about setting goals that I learned early in my college education, actually it was like the first class, or maybe second class of my bachelor's degree, um, our teacher uh, was pointing out um, how um, the majority of freshmen, and at the time the, the percentages were 65% of 
uh, fresh college freshmen drop out their first year. And they weren't sure what was going on, so they started doing research and finding out what was causing these people to drop out their first year of college. Because a normal or an average college education for a bachelor's degree is four years. For fresh, uh, for associates, it's usually about two to two and a half years. Um, so they were dropping out their, their first year. And what they found out was that they were not committing to the goal of graduating. If you've, if you've ever been to college, you know how much work there goes into just getting started. So, but the thing was, they found out that it was because um, these uh, students were not committing to their goal. And um, now the statistics is that 25% do not graduate at all. And so I remember in my class, our instructor was like, the one thing that we know for sure helps increase your motivation to finish your degree is that you ask yourself why you're wanting to accomplish this goal. And she said, now I want you, she told us that she wanted us to write down the reason why we are wanting to achieve a goal of graduating. And she said, it can't be because you want to make your parents proud not because you'll make more money. She said it has to be something that is personal. Um, this graduating will make me a better person. Graduating will help me feel better. But it has to be something personal. So we all did the exercise and we all went. She went around the classroom and each one of us, you know, stated why we believe uh, finishing our degree would benefit us in a personal way. And I mean, I did. I graduated, and I, I'm not sure about everybody else in the class because I moved like the last year and ended up going to a different school. But um, when I was going to graduation, I did see several people in the class that I moved to, but I don't know if they did the same exercise. Maybe they did, but just remember... Um, that if you do set goals this year, to make sure to write down at the bottom somewhere how it's going to benefit you personally as a person. Is it going to make you feel better? Is it going to make you feel like it's going to improve your stitching? Just remember, it's going to have, it needs to be something personal for you, not anyone else and not for any other reason, but to benefit you personally. I wanted to talk about something today about stitching. I know um, I, so one of my subscribers, I was so excited. One of my subscribers sent me a wonderful gift of silk, uh, dinky dye silk thread this past week. And I was so in love with it and I'd never tried silk thread that I just couldn't wait to use it. So I decided to integrate it into a whip that I've been working on for a little while. And honestly, I am so glad I made that decision because it's just, it's turning out so beautifully. But it also raised the concept or, or the awareness in my mind about pattern designers who may not want us to change the color of the threads in the pattern. 
I, I know that a lot of floss tubers talk about how they switched out uh, different colors in their patterns because, hey, let's face it, some patterns are out of print. Those colors that initially was um, in the chart are no longer available, so we got to do something, right? But I think my concern is about newer patterns. Um, I don't think most designers mind uh, so much. And I don't think I should really be concerned about it. But I want to get your, your feedback on that. What, what do you know about um, designers specifically not wanting um, stitchers to change the color in their designs? Do they take offense to it? Is it like one of those cross-stitch ethics that we don't change out the, the colors of the threads or the, even the fabric? I guess this has kind of been bothering me in the back of my mind since I first started cross-stitching. And I mean, as much as I would, I love patterns that I purchase and I love the colors that they've chosen, I can't help it. Every single time I start to stitch and I'm looking at the pattern, I think, oh, that would be so pretty in blue. Blue is my favorite color. Or it would be pretty in all red. Or what if I wanted to do it in all black? Or what if I wanted to do it on solid black fabric in white thread or purple? So tell me what you know. Tell me, give me some feedback on this. Let me know because I'm not sure where I would go to find that answer. I think that would have to come from someone that has experience in cross-stitching that would know more about um, what are the do's and the don'ts in that area of cross-stitching. Well, today's show is going to be a little bit uh, short. I've got some bags to get ready to get in the mail, and my daughter's going to be ready to go to school. And to conserve on fuel, I ride with her since we live so far out of town. I will tell you that this coming weekend, I'm going to visit my daughter and she wants us to watch her cat for her for a couple of weeks. And so I will be traveling up north uh, Utah and I'm almost sure that I'm going to make my way to the Shepherd's Bush. I'm not so sure where 123 Stitch is located. I'm thinking they may be in Salt Lake City, but my daughter lives about halfway, um, does she live, she lives about halfway to Salt Lake City, so it's only about 30 minutes to Ogden from where she lives, and so I have to pass right by Salt Lake City. It may be very possible that I get to stop in there for a few minutes. So I am definitely going to visit those shops. I'm a little concerned because I have to go through four mountain passes to get there, but my daughter that's going with me uh, reassures me that if we go during the day, it'll be okay. So no worries there. Um, I do have a, a pretty good truck, brand new, with some new tires, and I'm not sure if I need to buy chains. I actually was thinking about seeing how much those are, just in case. Um, it's a scary ride if you try to go through there at night. I know that for sure because we did get caught there and almost got caught in one of those mountain passes late at night in the winter and I said I would never do it again. But we're not going to be traveling at night. We're going to be traveling during the day and 
from what the weather reports are saying, it is going to be some snowy weather. So hopefully <clears throat> the sun will be shining through some of those clouds. But no worries. I'm excited because I wouldn't take the risk if I didn't think that it would be okay. And I'm going to get, actually get to visit an authentic needle workshop, especially the shepherd's bush and 123stitch.com. And I'm, I'm thinking that there's probably other uh, cross-stitch uh, needle workshops here in Utah. I've just got to look them up and see where they're located. I'm not going to have a lot of time to spend, so I'm going to have to narrow it down to probably one or two. I would like to get uh, by a couple of quilt shops that I know are in the area, but we'll see. But I promise I will do my best to videotape my visit. Um, the first place I'm headed once I get there is the silk threads. <laughs> I'm in love. I'm absolutely in love. Alrighty, guys, I appreciate you listening in. Thank you so much. You know you can subscribe to my podcast. I'm going to do my best to upload a new episode each week on Mondays. So if you want to um, download those, I have submitted it to iTunes for review. Still waiting for that to come back. Um, but I really appreciate you guys taking the time to listen in. Remember, give me some feedback on that um, changing colored threads in our charts and have a wonderful week. I will see you guys if you watch FlossTube Saturday and may you get in some wonderful stitching time this week. Also, leave me a comment. Let me know what some of your goals are for cross stitch, uh, getting your whips done for this year and let me know how many whips you have. I've been hearing some amazing numbers of whips that people have, so Leave me a comment. Let me know how many whips you've got. I think I have a total of four. <laughs> uh, I've heard as much as a hundred. <laughs> uh, it would be just kind of cool to see how many whips uh, my listeners have that they want to get accomplished this year. Alrighty, well, that's all about it for today. Uh, thanks for listening, and you guys have a wonderful week. All right, see you Saturday.